Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and thank you so much for tuning in this evening. And we are going to be talking about LASIK eye surgery. And this is a special recording on Healthy Vision Talk Radio because a few days ago, headlines of the newspaper, LASIK eye surgery needs to stop. Former FDA advisor made this powerful statement. Even though LASIK surgery has been around for 20 years in the United States, this advisor said the procedure should be taken off the market. These are rather strong words and quite alarming to a lot of people especially those of you that may have had LASIK surgery. Maybe you're considering LASIK surgery. And this show is especially for those of you that have suffered complications from the LASIK surgery. Well, who am I? Uh, My name is Dr. Edward Kondrat, and I am a board-certified ophthalmologist, and I wear two hats. I've performed thousands of LASIK eye surgeries in the past, a matter of fact, I was one of the original FDA investigators of the eczema laser for LASIK, and this was well over 20 years ago. Um, I no longer perform LASIK surgery, not because it's a dangerous procedure or I, I'm advising you not to have it done. I've stopped doing surgery in the United States for a couple of reasons. One, I've developed an interest in alternative therapies. I want to help people who are losing their vision, going blind, and maybe they want to avoid surgery. But I am still doing surgery in third world countries. I have a passion for eye surgical missions, and my wife and I travel once or twice a month to a different country to perform free surgery, helping individuals who are going blind and and desperately need a surgical intervention uh, for helping them to restore their vision. So, On uh, this evening, we're going to be talking about uh, what is LASIK, and just like any other surgical procedure, LASIK does have risks and benefits. We're going to go into detail talking about the complications of LASIK surgery, and uh, also we're going to be talking about what conditions increase the risk of complications. We're also going to be focusing on Uh, the treatments of these complications, both traditional and alternative. So this is a very important show for you if uh, you are thinking about having LASIK surgery, if you had LASIK surgery, or you're one of those unfortunate individuals who have a complication, then please stay tuned and listen um, uh, to the rest of this show. Also, I would be happy to do a free, no-obligation evaluation if uh, you Uh, have questions and you'd want me to review your records, please give the office a call at 800-430-9328 or you can email the office at info at healingtheeye.com. If you do have a set of eye records you'd like me to review, uh, no charge, no obligation, you can go to freeconsult.us. That's all one word, freeconsult.us. There are a couple 
pre-existing complications, or I shouldn't say complications, pre-existing conditions that you need to be aware of that may lead to a higher rate of complication. One of those is keratoconus. This is when the eye has an irregular shape, uh, cone-like shape, and when you do have keratoconus, you're having trouble with your glasses and contact lenses, so this makes you an ideal candidate for LASIK because you can't wear your glasses, you're having trouble with contact lenses. So this needs to be ruled out or diagnosed, and you are not a good candidate. Also, some individuals that have high astigmatism, uh, and another problem is dry eyes. If you have dry eyes uh, or a tendency to dry eyes, stay away from LASIK because the surgery can make this condition worse. And the reason for that is that um, when you do the LASIK surgery, you destroy some of the tear-secreting glands that are essential for lubricating the eye. The, f the first thing you have to ask yourself is, if you're considering LASIK, is do you really need this surgery? LASIK surgery is to eliminate the need for glasses and contact lenses. So if you're happy with your glasses and contact lenses, by all means, you should not get them performed. I know a lot of you are thinking, well, I want the freedom. I want the freedom not to be dependent on glasses and contact lenses. They're a nuisance. Well, I'll tell you what, that minor nuisance is much better than you developing a serious eye infection uh, or developing a complication which uh, leads to blindness. And I know that LASIK surgery is probably one of the safest operations. In fact, uh, as I mentioned, I've done thousands of LASIK procedures in the past, and I've included op operating on my brother and sister. So I would not hesitate to do this on a family member. But complications uh, can occur even with the best surgeon. So that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. Do you really need LASIK? And, uh, you know, it's different... If you have an occupation where you're in an environment where your glasses are steaming or you do need good, uh, good vision um, for, you know, some other issue, well, then there's no question you, you, need, you need to consider that. Also, I have to advise you that you should probably avoid these high-volume discount LASIK centers. You know, high-volume does not mean quality. And it seems like everybody nowadays is marketing themselves as an expert. Everybody's marketing themselves as performing tens of thousands of LASIK procedures. So you don't want to be a number in an assembly line. So keep that in mind. Also, you want to be careful. Uh, doctors are now marketing that they have the new state-of-the-art laser, uh, new parameters, uh, Oh, wavefront technology, etc., guaranteeing you 2020 vision and all this crap. But the bottom line is just because a laser is the state of the art doesn't mean you're going to get the best results. In fact, new features may need to um, new complications. So be careful with that. Lastly, those of you that are listening, don't despair if you have a LASIK complication. First of all, it's rather unfortunate. Only a small percentage of people do get complications. But if it happens to you, you don't care about the 99.9% .9 of people that are successful. If it happens to you, it's 100%. So my practice does deal with treating patients with um, complications of LASIK uh, using safe uh, non-surgical alternatives. 
So later on in the show, we're going to be going into detail about these uh, safe surgical or non-surgical alternatives. But because I'm a board-certified ophthalmologist, there are certain situations in which you may require an additional surgical procedure. We certainly want to eliminate that need. That's why I favor alternative treatments. Um, and uh, some of the important ones, which we'll talk about later, is um, ozonated eye drops. I'm a big advocate of ozone. Ozone is a highly reactive form of oxygen. It can reduce inflammation and help healing. Another alternative procedure that I have a lot of experience with is microcurrent stimulation. This uses a very low level of electrical current to gently reduce inflammation and help healing. Uh, also, we're using uh, various uh, methods of light therapy. Uh, one is syntonic light therapy. The other is the cold laser. So these are the big three treatments that we use. But I always advise patients that uh, when you do have an eye problem, you've got to go back to basics. And I do believe that food and nutrition are, are so important. So if you're having complications after LASIK surgery, if your eyes are dry, they're burning, or you're having uh, any type of ocular discomfort, you do have to look at your, your diet. Uh, many times uh, you have a food allergy, you're consuming genetically modified food, uh, pesticides, preservatives, etc., which may be causing an underlying reaction in your body. So one of the most common reactions after LASIK surgery is inflammation. And inflammation is the underlying cause of most disease. So you do need to treat inflammation. One of the best ways to do that is changing uh, your diet. So we are coming up to a break on healthy vision. You're listening to Dr. Edward Kondrat. And this evening we're talking about LASIK. Uh, it's com complications of LASIK, how to avoid the complications. And if you do suffer any type of complications from LASIK surgery, what can be done, especially in terms of alternative therapies. So we'll be right back after this break. And if you do want additional information, please go to my website. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. And we're talking about LASIK eye surgery, complications of LASIK eye surgery, when you should avoid the surgery, and what to do if you suffer from complications. So Let's spend a little bit of time talking about what exactly is uh, LASIK surgery. Well, LASIK surgery is one of several operations that are called refractive procedures. These are procedures that reduce the need for glasses. One of the earliest procedures that I was involved with was something called radial keratotomy. And this was a technique that we made some tiny incisions on the front surface of the eye to change the curvature of the eye. And one thing you need to know about myopia or nearsightedness, most of the refractive power of the eye takes place on the front surface. Those of you that may have nearsightedness and are using contact lenses, you know, when you look at that contact lens, it doesn't take much change of the curvature to improve your vision. You look at that contact lens and you say, my goodness, it is so thin, but when I put it on the eyes, I see crystal clear. So... Changing the curvature is the key to improving your vision. 
Some of you may have noticed that if you push on your eye a certain way, you improve your vision greatly. Well, essentially, you're changing the curvature of the eye. So radial keratotomy was a procedure where we made tiny incisions, and it kind of flattened the center part of the eye. This was a very popular surgical procedure 25, 30 years ago, but unfortunately, uh, many of the eyes had uh, regression. They had a return to uh, their normal correction, and also some people had a progressive uh, increase of the surgery. So essentially, radial keratotomy has been abandoned as a procedure. So researchers began to look at other methods, and one of those that they looked at was called the eczema laser. The eczema laser was a device that actually resurfaced uh, the cornea. Uh, much like when you grind a contact lens or a pair of glasses when you're making a certain curvature of the lens, we could actually do this safely on the surface of the cornea. One of the first procedures that was done was a procedure called PRK, photorefractive keratoplasty. Uh, in this procedure, you had to remove all the uh, corneal epithelial cells on the front surface of the eye, and then the laser was applied to resurface the eye. This was actually a very, very effective procedure. Uh, patients got good results, but the drawbacks were that it was a very painful procedure. You had to wear a contact lens, you had to take eye drops, and it did take several weeks in order for the eye to heal properly. Uh, so the next uh, uh, a variation of this, or the next progression, was the procedure called LASIK. And LASIK is a procedure where you develop a small superficial flap of the eye um, using a surgical device. And then what you do is you laser inside the eye. And when you put that flap back onto the eye, uh, you almost get an instantaneous improvement of your vision. And uh, this was an unbelievable procedure. You could take someone in the operating room, put numbing drops on their eye. Um, you would uh, make this flap, and the flap was fashioned uh, in a painless way. There was no discomfort felt when you did the flap. And then you would laser inside the eye. You would put the flap back, and almost instantaneously, folks would have uh, great, uh, great vision. Like any surgical procedure, there are uh, risks and benefits. And even though uh, the benefits are exceedingly high in LASIK surgery and the risks are extremely low, uh, as surgeons, we wanted to make certain that our patients achieved the best results and eliminated any chance of uh, complications. So the pre-op evaluation is essential with uh, LASIK surgery. Uh, not only the history and the reasons and the indications uh, why a person is interested in LASIK surgery, this, these have to be evaluated. Uh, many times, um, you know, a patient doesn't have good reason to have the surgical procedure, uh, and uh, they're going into the procedure with unrealistic expectations. When I did the, the surgical procedure, I would never advise a patient that it would completely eliminate the need for glasses. This is really important because um, it's, it's almost impossible to predict that. You know, and although the majority of the people that had the surgery uh, didn't need glasses, a small percentage did. And of course, there's something called presbyopia. 
uh, which occurs when you get a little bit older. So if you're nearsighted, you may have a little bit of trouble seeing distance vision, but when you take your glasses off, you can read. So unfortunately, the human eye can only do one thing. The human eye can only see clearly at distance or only see clearly at near, especially when you're over the age of 40. So many of these uh, LASIK patients who are in their 40s had surgery to improve their distance vision, and indeed the distance vision was improved, but they were unhappy because now they needed reading glasses. And um, so we took one um, good level of vision and we substituted it for another. So this has to be considered. So if, uh, if I ever had a patient who was going into the surgery and wanted to guarantee that it would eliminate the need for glasses, I would advise them probably are not a good candidate. They need to understand that there is a good chance they mean, may need a weak prescription or they may need uh, reading glasses uh, occasionally. Also, it's important uh, during the examination to roll out conditions that may put you at a high risk of complications. The most common high-risk condition is uh, dry eyes. Uh, this is when you have a decrease in your tear secretion. And of course, those individuals that do have dry eyes will have trouble with contact lenses. So many people came in, they wanted LASIK surgery because they had trouble with contact lenses. But if you do have dry eyes, you're going to be at a high risk. And if LASIK surgery is performed with a dry eye patient, sometimes the complications can be really severe. Uh, it'll make the dry eyes worse. And the reason for that is that when you do make that very tiny flap in the eye, sometimes these um, tear secreting cells are destroyed and it'll make your eye more prone to dry eyes. So if you have dry eyes, stay away from LASIK. The second uh, condition which can lead to severe complications is a condition called keratoconus. And if this may be a new word for you, uh, or you're not familiar with this condition, this is uh, when the front surface of the eye or the cornea develops a cone-like shape. Uh, and this can be a hard diagnosis to make. Sometimes on routine eye exam, it's not detected. You have to do something called corneal topography. This is a specialized test where you kind of measure the topographic map of the eye. And you can see these irregular or cone shapes. Folks with keratoconus should not have LASIK surgery. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, uh, the cone tends to be very thin. And sometimes after LASIK surgery, because the eye becomes even thin, there tends to be even a more of a bulge or a worsening of uh, the keratoconus. Uh, I did do a radio broadcast on keratoconus. So if you have this condition and you're looking for all alternative treatments, you can go to chondrotpodcast.com. That's my last name, K-O-N-D-R-O-T podcast.com. And you can take a listen to uh, that radio show on keratoconus. So those are the two big ones. Also, also, there's another condition called blepharitis, where you have some inflammation of the lashes of the eye. This may make you at risk for developing infections after LASIK surgery. So those are the three big ones. It's important you have a good 
thorough uh, eye evaluation. Also, it's important you have a good refraction because you are getting a permanent laser procedure done. So that means the doctor has to spend some time making sure you have the right spectacle correction. So when they do set those parameters into the laser computer, you are getting the right correction. Another, uh, uh, I wouldn't say complication, but another condition which may make the LASIK surgery more problematic is astigmatism. There are laser lasers now that correct for astigmatism, but sometimes astigmatism is, is really tough to treat, especially when you have high degrees of astigmatism. So those are the things that you have to look at. We're coming up to another break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about what are the things that you can do if you do have a complication with LASIK. And we're going to talk about both the surgical and non-surgical alternative treatments that you can consider. So we'll be right back after. Welcome back, and we're talking about LASIK surgery and the complications of LASIK surgery. What to do if you have a complication with LASIK surgery? Well, the first step is to get a good thorough eye evaluation. Uh, you should go back to the surgeon that did the procedure and to find out exactly what's going on. And if you're not satisfied with his opinion, then by all means, get a second opinion. Uh, you need to find out exactly what are the underlying conditions, what are the problems, and how they can be addressed. And as I offered you, I'd be happy to uh, review your records if you'd want a second opinion or even a third opinion. You can give the office a call at 1-800-430-9328, or you can email us at info at healingthei.com, or you can go to freeconsult.us. That's free, F-R-E-E, consult.us. And I'd be happy to review your records and uh, make my recommendations. Uh, and there's no, there's no charge for this. So one of the most common complications after LASIK surgery is uh, dry eyes, an increase of dry eyes. This needs to be evaluated. And there are several diagnostic tests that a doctor can do. They can measure the amount of tear secretion, the quality of your tear film. Uh, measuring the tear secretion is done by a test called the Schirmer's test. This is where you put a little tiny piece of paper in the lower part of your eyelid and you measure the amount of tears that you're manufacturing. There are also some dyes that the doctor can put into your eye just to see exactly the quality of your tear film. And of course, if you do have the dry eyes, then it needs to be treated. And not only um, would the doctor recommend artificial tears and lubricants, later on I'm going to be talking about what I like is ozonated eye drops. But let's focus this segment of the radio show just on uh, traditional uh, treatments that can be done. Uh, also, there may be an underlying inflammation of the eyelashes called blepharitis. And typically what the doctor will recommend is that you begin using uh, antibiotics and warm compresses to get that under control. There may be some scarring or irregularity of the, of the cornea, and this could be causing a problem. Um, I mentioned earlier that a small flap is fashioned, and uh, sometimes this flap becomes dislocated or it heals in an irregular manner. And also sometimes there can be material that 
is lodged in the interface of the flap. Typically, the surgeon will irrigate that area to make sure there's no debris, but invariably, maybe uh, small particles of lint, uh, cotton, particular matter can get in that interface, and that can cause irritation or a problem. Sometimes if the irritation is severe, uh, then the doctor may recommend steroid eye drops to reduce inflammation. I personally don't like steroid eye drops because they can lead to other complications, such as cataracts and glaucoma. But if steroid eye drops are recommended, using them for a short period of time will not lead to any major complications. But long-term use, you should be cautious and you should look for other alternative methods. Now, of course, another problem that uh, can be found is irregular healing. Astigmatism may develop, and even irregular astigmatism. So by astigmatism, normally the shape of the eye is round like the curvature of a ball, uh, a baseball or a basketball. Irregular astigmatism, or uh, astigmatism is when the shape is more like a football. In other words, you have two different curvatures, and this astigmatism usually leads to distortion of vision and uh, problems uh, with focusing. Typically, regular astigmatism can be treated with contact lenses or eyeglasses, but the big problem is when you develop irregular astigmatism. This is a distortion of the eye that, unfortunately, even glasses and contact lenses may not be satisfactory. But, of course, you know, you underwent uh, the LASIK procedure uh, to eliminate your glasses and contacts, and all of a sudden, if you have the surgery and you're more dependent on them, you're not going to be happy. Some cases of LASIK surgery can lead to severe uh, corneal scarring, and uh, when this occurs, the only surgical solution is a corneal transplant. This is when you, we replace the front surface of the eye. Uh, this is a major surgical procedure, and it's really the last resort. And if your doctor has recommended a corneal transplant, I would try many, many uh, alternative therapies or try everything else that should be done as the uh, last resort. Um, probably uh, a more common problem after the LASIK surgery is undercorrection or overcorrection. Undercorrection is not a major issue because it's very easy for the surgeon to go back, lift up that flap rather easily, and do more surgery to bring you up to a better level. Uh, if you are overcorrected, that can be one of the most dreaded complications of LASIK surgery because an overcorrection will lead to not only a decrease in vision at distance, but also a decrease in vision at near. So an overcorrection, your vision will be blurred at distance and near, and this can be a, a very, very traumatic event for those of you that this has occurred. Uh, unfortunately, overcorrections are very difficult to treat with LASIK surgery. There are some newer lasers now that can treat that overcorrection, but the results just aren't as uh, good. There's another problem that occurs, and it's not often reported, is when you do have the LASIK surgery done, there's a suction device that's placed on your eye, and this suction device uh, dramatically increases the intraocular pressure of the eye. So if you have glaucoma or you are prone to glaucoma, 
or have a suspicious uh, looking optic nerve or intraocular pressure, by all means, you should not have LASIK surgery. This increase in intraocular pressure can lead to uh, damage to the optic nerve and uh, other problems. So this is another complication that uh, you need to be aware of. So even though complications after LASIK surgery are rare, if it happens to you, it is 100% uh, uh, of a problem. You don't care about the 99.9% .9 of people that are doing well. So to review, the first step to do is to go back to your surgeon, uh, get a careful evaluation to find out what the problem is, and begin uh, his treatment. And if you're not satisfied with that, then seek a second opinion by another doctor uh, to see what can be done. And of course, if he is uh, recommending additional surgery or an invasive procedure, by all means, do get a second opinion because you don't want to fall into the trap of having uh, multiple operations, uh, which, lead much, which may lead to more and more problems. Another issue after LASIK surgery is, you know, when you get the surgery done when you're 20 or 30, everything's fine, but then later on in life, you may develop a, a cataract or another problem that requires surgery. Unfortunately, it becomes more difficult then for the uh, surgeon to insert an intraocular lens with the right power. Uh, it's, it's, the doctor is kind of limited in terms of uh, evaluating your eye and doing the right calculations. There's another theory that I believe, and that's called the law of suppression in homeopathy. If you don't treat the underlying disease and you do have a surgical intervention, sometimes the disease is pushed deeper into your body. And I know that many of you may be listening to the show and think that that's kind of far-fetched, but uh, believe you me, I've seen it time and time again. So in other words, you have a condition called nearsightedness, and you're not really treating the underlying problem, uh, and then you have laser corrective surgery, so that problem or energy imbalance is pushed deeper into your eye, which may result in a cataract or glaucoma or macular degeneration. So I do believe that any surgical procedure will put you at a risk for developing a more serious problem. Um, so the bottom line is uh, be careful with any surgical procedure. And if you do have LASIK and a complication, uh, seek out a second opinion. And I would be very happy to evaluate uh, and look at your records and give you my opinion. You can send them to info at healingtheeye.com or go to freeconsult.us. Now, when we come back, I'm going to be talking about what are the alternative treatments that you can do to address many of these complications after LASIK surgery. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. And now let's talk about what are the natural and alternative treatments you can do for complications after LASIK surgery. Well, since the number one problem is a dry eye and inflammation, I highly recommend ozonated eye drops. Ozone is a highly reactive form of oxygen that increases oxygen uptake of the cells. It can reduce inflammation and also stimulate healing. Ozone eye drops, unfortunately, have to be made by yourself. You can't buy them commercially. So what you need to do is to buy a portable ozone generator 
and then bubble ozone gas into saline. And then you use this uh, applying to your eye, uh, the drops. I find this to be extremely effective. There are no toxic products, no preservatives in the drops. Not only does it uh, bathe the cornea and, and reduce the inflammation, but also it can help um, regeneration and, and stimulate healing. If you want more information on how to make the ozone eye drops, um, you can go, I have a YouTube uh, video, go to um, search Chondrat Ozone on YouTube and you'll come up with two of my uh, videos on this. So what you do is when you buy the ozone generator, you do need to get preservative-free saline. Do not buy commercial saline that has preservatives in it because those very preservatives can cause problems then simply what you do is you bubble the ozone into the saline for about 10 or 15 minutes. And this produces a super concentrated solution of ozonated saline. You need to put them into a glass uh, eyedropper bottle. Do not use plastic because ozone interacts with plastic and it can produce toxic byproducts. So you want a glass container. Uh, and then you apply them to your eye. They're, they're very soothing. One of the problems with ozone is that the half-life in saline is only two hours. So what that means is two hours, half the saline is going to be gone. In two more hours, um, an additional half is going to be gone. So you can see that it gradually degrades. And at the end of the day, there's going to be very, very little saline or very little ozone in the saline. So what you need to do is to re-ozonate your saline. So what I recommend patients to do is to ozonate the water in the morning, apply it to their eye every half hour to hour as needed, and then at lunchtime, if possible, re-ozonate the saline, and in the evening, re-ozonate the saline. This has been a very effective method and has been very helpful for many of my patients. Another important step that you should take, and I probably should have mentioned this first before the ozonated drops, you know, I'm a big advocate of a healthy diet. You know, food is our best medicine. I think it was Thomas Edison that said that the doctor of the future would advise the patient on diet and nutrition and not prescribe any medication. So one of the first things you need to do is to look at your diet. If you're eating a lot of junk food, food with saturated fats and cooked and preserved, you've got to change your diet. I've had many patients who just simply went to an organic raw food diet, have a dramatic improvement of many of their eye problems, including dry eyes and other ocular uh, discomfort. So look at the food that you're putting into your body. Remember, food is our best medicine. Colorful food will give you a colorful vision. So that's what you need to do. Really shift your diet. Also, proper hydration. Drinking plenty of water is essential. Um, and of course, now it's becoming more and more of a problem to find a good source of good, healthy drinking water. So you have to be careful with water that's in plastic bottles because uh, studies have shown that the plastic can uh, leach, the phthalates and benzene derivatives can le leach into the water and cause problems. So I'm a big advocate of uh, reverse osmosis this is something that you can install under your kitchen sink, and you'll have a good source of drinking water. 
or if you're going to buy water uh, in a bottle, make sure it's a glass bottle. This will be a better source of uh, drinking water. If you want more information on uh, diet and hydration and all the other things I'm talking about, uh, they can be found in my best-selling book, The Ten Essentials to Save Your Sight. And that book is available to you free of no charge as a download. You can go to chondrodbook.com. That's chondrodbook.com and download a free copy of the book. And I go over more detail about the importance of, importance of uh, diet, uh, nutrition, and proper hydration. The, the last item that I'd like to discuss is microcurrent stimulation. This has been a very effective procedure for reducing inflammation and stimulate, stimulating healing and removing toxins from the eye. In microcurrent, we use a very uh, low level of electrical current. It's in terms of a microamp. And these low levels of current have been shown to stimulate cellular activity. In fact, one study demonstrated that it improves, improves cellular activity by up to 500%. So one effect is that uh, the microcurrent can stimulate these tear-secreting glands to produce more tears. Also, microcurrent has been shown to reduce inflammation. So stimulating the good cells, reducing inflammation, and detoxifying the eye are three mechanisms of microcurrent. And I'd be happy to talk to you about microcurrent stimulation. Uh, you can give the office a call or email me, and we can go over uh, more detail about that. Light therapy is another treatment modality can be very effective. Uh, light therapy uses uh, red, infrared light, or in some cases, uh, we use syntonic light, which is, uses specific colors depending on the indication. But light therapy has been shown to detoxify the eye, uh, stimulate cellular activity, and reduce inflammation. Another modality which I incorporate in my practice is homeopathy. Homeopathy is a unique system of medicine where we look at the underlying cause. So in the case of LASIK surgery, it may be the adverse effect of the laser or the trauma of the surgery or some other underlying condition. And homeopathy can be very, very successful. Uh, there are various uh, homeopathic remedies uh, that I have found to be effective after LASIK surgery. One is uh, Arnica Montana. Arnica Montana is uh, the number one remedy for any type of surgery. And of course, LASIK surgery is uh, trauma to the eye. Arnica is the number one remedy for trauma. Also, Synphytum. Synphytum is the homeopathic remedy which is considered the Arnica of the eye. Uh, also, um, another remedy which can be very effective, is hypericum. Hypericum is uh, used for cutting or injury to the eye. Uh, and uh, the last one is uh, aconite. Aconite is a good remedy from exposures to the laser light itself, the ultraviolet light. If you are interested in homeopathy, it's probably best to consult with a good homeopathic practitioner, one that's knowledgeable with the remedies, because I gave you three or four remedies right now, but they may not be the specific remedy for you. 
Well, we're coming up to a close on Healthy Vision, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in this evening. And I do want to help you. So if you are suffering from complications from LASIK surgery and you have questions, uh, please contact the office. You can reach us at 800-430-9328, or you can email me at info at healingtheeye.com. And I would also be very happy to do a complimentary consultation if you could send your eye records to freeconsult.us. That's freeconsult.us. There are many, many alternative therapies that can help you, so don't despair if you're having complications of LASIK surgery. There are ways to alleviate your pain and suffering. Also, if you're contemplating LASIK surgery, please reconsider this operation. Like any surgical procedure, there are risks and benefits. And unfortunately, if you are young and you have good healthy vision, you don't want to subject your eye to a possible complication that could rob you of your vision. So this is your host, uh, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more information or if you want to listen to previous recordings of Healthy Vision. In particular, I did a separate show on dry eyes and keratoconus. Go to chondratpodcast.com. That's chondratpodcast.com. This is your host, Dr. Chondrat, wishing you good health and clear vision. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision.